morning, and welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen Hauschild. Smooth jazz, baby. Smooth jazz. Cambria's going to do that the yeah. whole time. Cats We're are, starting off strong. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't let her outside for this one. We typically put her outside during the recording, but there's some chance of rain, so I don't no. want to just This is how it sounds at my house. Okay, good. I can, if you want to like get four or five more of these and have them all do that, then it'll really I'll, be like my I'll house. just double track her. It's <laughs> okay. Um, think all the way through it. <laughs> who are you? I'm Adam Selby. Uh, I'm Jackson Russo. Uh I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, you are from Brave Combo. I am. I won't uh, rob you of that. <laughs> okay. Or I guess I did rob you, <laughs> you of did. that. Yeah, Sorry. You just, you just straight up jacked uh, My name is Carl Finch, and I'm, uh, I'm in Brave Combo. I started the band uh, 40 years ago this year. What do you... Uh, wow. what Congratulations. Would you... Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's exciting and depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> oh, man. We can always edit the honesty out. Make you look great. Um, I don't care anymore. That I'm no longer career building. Yeah, that's, that's the a beauty. very freeing thing. Yeah, as somebody who has not even lived 40 years, uh, I can only imagine what working for 40 years has been like. Well, um, so you're from you started Brave Combo. What uh, what do you do in the band? I'm sorry. What do you do in the band? Oh, uh, well, I uh, I play uh, accordion and guitar and keyboard. And I sing, and I pretty much kind of pick the direction we're going with a particular thing. Um, I guess I'm the leader. I'm the leader. And, uh, <laughs> no one's here to tell you otherwise. No, no. Yeah, you notice. Yeah, no one's here to disagree. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I'm the conceptualizer in a way. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I wrote a list of things that I'm sure any interview you've done, you get asked about a ton of times. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and just get them out of the way. Not that you shouldn't be proud of them, mm-hmm. but just to, you know, have a genuine conversation and sure. not just like, oh, you've done this. Tell me about it. Uh, so you guys have won Grammys. Mm-hmm. You've worked with Tiny Tim, mm-hmm. been on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. played at David Byrne's wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, inspired Bob Dylan. Uh mm-hmm. And then also been together for 40 years. That mm-hmm. was at the end of mine. But yeah. you already mentioned it. So congrats on all those things. Thank you. Feel free to mention them. But I figured let's have a genuine conversation. All right. Yeah. So uh, congrats on all those things. Thank you. Uh, I also, this is a thing. We, we mentioned Ska before we mm-hmm. started uh, talking. And let's not go into the painstaking uh, effort of trying to explain what polka is. Mm-hmm. But to you, what is polka? Because... I'm sure people who listen to this probably know what it is, but they just probably don't know the name for it. So what is polka yeah, to I, you? Uh, polka, they actually can trace polka, the dance polka, back to a, a specific person, uh, a, a gypsy peasant who was living in uh, Prague, uh, was seen dancing this dance in like uh, eighteen early 1800s. And <laughs> they named it polka and i think uh the name refers to a girl as well and they called it polka and the specific dance and so the dance itself uh created a firestorm of excitement uh all around the world it started in uh, uh europe and in eastern europe and then quickly spread became like a one of the fashionable dances in Paris for a while, as the waltz was at one time. Yeah. So it was driven in the beginning by the 
the the power of the dance and people expo- seeing this new thing. But the the music was there, you know, the style of music, which is basically two four, and um, uh, it. So you go, mm-pa, 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 mm-pa. that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you did mention uh, ska, and in my own history, uh, what I learned is that um, when I was young, I really liked the uh, the sound of the upbeat. Yeah. Like the emphasis on that, and I found that a lot of the music that I was really drawn through, gank, 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 is just this. <laughs> Uh, uh, the inverse punk yeah instead of all downstrokes but when so when we started we we were happily and uh, lumped into the that the ska movement that was kind of exploding in the late 70s and early 80s as well yeah i can imagine ska reggae and polka crowds and, and and the punk scene was very healthy at the time so you know i mean it was a diy world and so if you wanted to tour there was a a punk movement that was already in place who basically to, to be part of that scene, you had to be anti-establishment. You just couldn't be mainstream, which was great. You know I mean? If you're, if you're, if, if it's what is driving you, even if it's uh, ill-conceived and turns out to be garbage, but if what's driving you is to be different from what the mainstream is, just make that your goal. But to be honestly different, you know, you're going to come up with something good out of that. Yeah. If that's what motivates you, that didn't motivate us, but we found a community there who was who was ready to embrace the fact that we played polkas. Oddly enough, so our network of clubs turned out to be the ska punk clubs mainly because they would accept anything. And so in the early days, we were draw, drawn to that. But back to what you were asking, so polka uh, expanded worldwide, and there was some particular cultures who really embraced it and developed it as a musical form more than others and uh germans did the czechs did the poles did uh and then oddly enough those people when they moved to the united states when a lot of those people moved to the united states they were also moving to other places and a lot of european settlers moved to um, mexico and primarily monterey and this was in like the mid-1800s and they brought the accordion with them. The accordion was indigenous to Mexico. They, it was brought by Europeans. So this whole Tex-Mex thing, Conjunto, Tejano, Norteño, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that is because European people moved to Monterey, brought melodies and brought the accordions, combined that with uh, the more deeply classical music of Mexico City, Central Mexico, the mariachi music, combined with this cowboy culture that was happening at the border, Texas and Mexico, this kind of backwoods, kind of grungy cowboy culture. And out of all of that came what we know today, Tex-Mex, Tejano, all of that. It's a music that did not exist. As well, the polka music, which was created when Polish people moved to the Northeast, and they started to combine these melodies with the jazz and big band, of the Northeast, this entirely new style of music that never existed before called Polish Big Band came about. And then as those people moved west and and they settled in Chicago, a lot of Polish people settled in Chicago, um, they created another form of music because the music then started to be combined with blues 
and a more uh, smaller rhythm sections, more drum and bass oriented. So another new form of music, which you guys, unless you were brought up in this, you wouldn't know it. But another new music called Push, Honky Style and Push, those were the same things. Uh, they were all Polish. At the same time, a similar thing was happening with the German culture, with the Czech culture, with these Europeans, Eastern Europeans bringing their music. So in the upper Midwest, Minnesota, North Dakota, where Lawrence Welk territory, um, that's all this kind of what you think of as umpa, uh, what you would to tuba driven, uh, Czechs and Germans. And then all, all of that came south mixed with the stuff that was coming up from the north. And so Texas has a unique uh, Texas Czech scene, which is a national scene and it's growing, but it's unique to Texas. And it's a combination of all of these elements. Uh, so when you're talking about polka, you're talking about a dance but you're also talking about the evolution of this music. And that's what is the most exciting to me from an artistic point of view, because I didn't grow up knowing anything. I uh, went through a personal transformation that was driven by something I did and was led to this place where I found all of these polka records really cheap. And I loved records. Uh, I have a ton of vinyl at my house. I have so much, it's literally weighing the house down you know, <laughs> of all kinds of things. I mean, there's, it's just insane, but I can't stop. Like if, if there was an album for a dollar. Yeah, I get that. What are you going to do? You can buy 50 albums for $50. So I loaded up on this stuff. I just went into this blind. There it was. Bam. Didn't know anything about it. Bought a ton of them. Thought it was a joke. Thought, oh, these record jackets are so funny. These people look goofy. They must want to do this. Like, what's driving these people to make these goofy-looking records? Started listening. Thought, wow, this stuff's actually, if you get past what most people are trying to tell you, this is pretty good stuff. How I mean, old were you on that? Uh, I was finishing my master's in uh, drawing and painting. So, you know, yeah, you're not I, like, you know, 15 or anything where you're super impressionable. Like, arguably... Uh, unless you did your master's when you were 15. Yeah. No, it was... Um, arguably set in your ways. Yeah, no, it was revealed to me. That's awesome. In a extremely mystical way that we don't even need to get into because it's just... <laughs> it's personal, but I mean, I will, but it's not going to make a lot of sense. But it absolutely... <laughs> a lot of the things that happened were because of this uh, path I put myself on yeah. because I wanted to get beyond... a. a a wall of judge, being judgmental. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't very judgmental, but I wanted to see what, what if I could actually completely free myself of having opinions? Like what would be revealed to me if I had no opinions and if I didn't put any blocks up at all? As much as you can. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously some things it's hard to condone. It's it's harder and harder every day and not even in like a political way. Like even just like for me, I love watching movies, but uh, I've stopped watching movie trailers for this exact reason that like I'll go in with an opinion. So like Man, I, I, that's to actually, I totally get you. Yeah, no, actually, that's pretty smart. They the overkill with oh, what yeah. they reveal. What I hate about movies is when they tell you before you see the movie, they go through a big thing about how they did the special effects. Oh, yeah. You haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> yeah. what is this I, uh, I 
uh, my girlfriend, uh, we just watched a Keanu Reeves movie this weekend, and I was talking about Bill and Ted's and how much I love Bill and Ted movies. And she's like, oh, I don't know what those are. I was like, are you kidding me? And so then I explained it to her, and I was like, you know, explaining this on paper, it sounds really dumb. Just watch the trailer. We watched it. I don't know if you've watched, like, take any, it can be any decade, like, even, like, in 2005, a movie trailer is way different from now. Mm-hmm. Like, now we see trailers and we're like, oh, yeah, it's it, it's pretty awesome. But, like, if you look at it uh, 10 years ago, it's way different. And you used to think that was awesome. But that Bill and Ted's one, literally, it is the whole movie. And I, <laughs> I know we... That, that used to be the way of, well, like, editing I, trailers together, though. I know part. we say that now, though. But we say, like, oh, well, that movie, it gave way too much weight. Like, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> yeah. We need to put it in the show notes. And if you've seen Bill and Ted's, you will understand. It's like a summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, sorry, that just like blew my mind when I yeah, saw that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, 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 see, I can't believe how many times after after I see trailers, I go, I, I really don't need to see that movie. Uh, yeah, especially and like if it's a sequel to something, and you're like, oh, I really want to see this sequel, and then you see it, you know, it puts you in that position of kind of like, oh, damn. You know? It's like on the news, they'll show you like on the national news, they'll show you the 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 spectacular wreck that happened with a oh, hundred yeah. cars. <laughs> And they'll show it to you, like, watch this later. Oh, my God. You're going, oh, my God. And they're going, you're not going to believe the footage. And then they'll <laughs> show it to you again to tease you. And then, then when they show you, they showed you the same thing they just showed you. There's yep. no more. Sensational. This is a kind man. of a weird time, isn't it? Yeah. But it, it takes us back to that whole, you know, opinions thing where, you know, you go in, uh, we're all shaped by our own experiences, whatever they may be. But if you could take all that away, uh, and I'll just go ahead and say it, uh, I don't know you too well, so I'm sorry if this offend you, offends you. I don't like country music at all. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna bring up is the whole the the, the incredible thing of freeing yourself from opinion and freeing yourself mm-hmm. in a musical context is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, extremely in in especially how oversaturated in a in some sometimes a good way we are with music nowadays and how many bands and how much music exists. So you know what you like, you know what you want. Mm-hmm. So then if somebody's like, "Oh, dude, check out this sick country record," I would never say that to Jackson because I know that oh, Jackson, he, you know he just wouldn't do it. Yeah, he'll never I, do it. He'll I won't never, just say no. I'll get real mean about it. <laughs> <laughs> which that's my own shortcoming, yeah. which I admit. So, yeah. well, um, you know, I mean, I guy to each his own and I didn't grow up liking it at all. And it's not at the top of my list, but I, before brave combo, I tr- was trying to figure out how to make money. Cause I was getting my masters in drawing and painting going, Oh man, all I, I'm going to, I can teach. That's what I'll do. I'll teach, you yeah. know, to make money while I'm doing what it, cause I was doing sound sculptures and, making strange configuration. I was working with drive-in theater speakers and all this stuff that was only gallery appropriate. It's just creative stuff that either I'm going to get rich or be really poor, you know, (laughs) one or the other. And (laughs) so I had a bunch of gear left over from a band as many guys do who who become DJs or become sound, sound men. You just have crap left over from the last band that fell apart. And I had a bunch of that. So I started, I thought, well, man, I'll go get some turntables and see if people want to hire me to play stuff. And this was in like the late 70s. And uh, so I, uh, I didn't know anything about, uh, disco was just getting hot and I didn't know anything about it. But I thought, well, I'll go buy a bunch of that. And then, uh, so I got a bunch of disco and a bunch of like the top 40 um, pop stuff at the time that I thought people might like at parties. And and you could actually, in Denton, there was a place here in town that used to supply 
jukeboxes with their 45s. And you, they had a room full of 45s for 33 cents, like 33 and a third, which was, this was 45, but 33 cents, three for a dollar. Oh, man. You, that's heaven. Yeah. You know, my God. So uh, I was going through all those, and I came across Merle Haggard and some of the older country, like Bakersfield kind of stuff. And uh, thought, well, I mean, it's not my favorite, but people around here like this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. So I started buying a bunch of that. And then I started, wow, he's got a, that's a pretty interesting voice. I mean, it's a good song. It's, I mean, I'm not digging, uh, but man, it's a good voice and a good song. And so, I mean, with, you know, with Brave Combo, I mean, what we try to do is take something and present it to people in a way they never heard it before. And make them think, wow. And I mean, the thing we hear constantly for 40 years is I didn't know, I thought I didn't like polka. <laughs> you know, that's what we always hear because people's impressions of polka is, is the musical joke. It's the bottom of the barrel music that you use if you want to make fun of somebody. I think that's Weird Al's fault. So, uh, which no, I, oh, that's no. probably like saying a slur. No. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, it's okay. You know, and uh, I apologize. It's all right. And I actually know him. And I've known him a long, long time. He he came to our first show, our first big show in Los Angeles. We were out there. Oh, there's a Weird Al back there. As <laughs> did uh, David Byrne and uh, uh, Bruce Willis and John Goodman. All those people came to our first big show there. My parents came to my first show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine didn't. <laughs> <laughs> my parents showed very little interest until I won a Grammy. And this is like, we've been together 25 years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you had then that David something. Byrne and John Goodman, so but, uh, I'll take that. But no, long, no, no, no. If you go back to um, when, uh, when, the, uh, when there was this influx of Eastern Europeans, uh, and this is well documented. I'm not, this is not my opinion. Uh, depending on what country you were from, you were placed on this kind of either the top or the bottom. Yeah. And a lot of the people... For some reason, uh, uh, Polish people were really made fun of the most. And so from that, before your time, I don't know if you guys, you know, about Polish jokes, are y'all familiar with Polish jokes? Yes. So Unfortunately not. <laughs> the, 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 I had some friends uh, in, we were in like an elementary school, and that was for some reason a thing. That was for some reason a part of it. Because, I mean, for some reason I got German jokes because uh, I'm very German, but uh-huh. my friends who had like just the smallest amount of Polish in them, for some reason, that was a, a thing that we made fun of. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, and there were others, depending if you weren't here, just like now. Yeah. Then, yeah, there were German jokes, there were Italian jokes, you know, there were all those, but the, the Poles really got, they really got slammed. And uh, there was just something about the culture, something about the, I, I don't know what it was, I wasn't there, but it, they really got a raw deal. And so out of that, because the Polish were so closely associated with polka and because the polka seemed to be such a goofy, non-cerebral kind of thing to most people, yeah. it just looked like fluff. Uh, so I think the combination of all of this, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a music that at the time people th- thought was really worth a lot of your attention. And so even when uh, Lawrence Welk, y'all know who Lawrence Welk was? I do not. Okay. He was the, he's the, the reason that everybody made fun of Polka. Because when I grew up, everybody's grandparents watched Lawrence Welk. He was very corny. Uh, just like something you'd imagine 
your grandmother going to see, and then you, you're trying to make think it's cool. Like, how do you do that? I mean, if she's choosing this, and then you're trying to wrap something cool around that. Well, yeah, that was so obviously only for really old people. It was kind of sedate, and it was a one, a two. It was like 30 minutes of that, you know, whatever. Uh, so uh, they um, uh, that in the public's mind became like kind of square. Yeah. So that's why our first album is called Music for Squares, because we took music that most people would think was for square people, and we tried to play it in a way that would make them think it wasn't so square. Yeah. You know. Mm. So no, it goes way, way before. You know, Weird yeah, yeah. Al started with uh, Doctor Demento, mm-hmm. and he was sending Doctor Demento his crazy polkified uh, songs, and then yeah. from there it it turned into a thing. And to clarify, I like Weird Al. I, I enjoy oh, him right. and his. Uh... <laughs> matter. And I'm his... not defending him. I'm just saying that I, I know I know for a fact that it didn't start there because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. when I grew up, uh, I was kind of encouraged by my parents to not make fun of people and like you don't or certain think words you don't use and you don't yeah. you don't say Polish jokes. So I grew up thinking, oh, that makes fun of people. You shouldn't do that. At the you, same time You don't make parodies of songs. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's good to mention, um you've mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, Brave Combo started in Texas, Denton, Texas, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, that is something I, I typically mention where the band's from. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I apologize for not. No, doing I know. Right in Denton, where, where we are now. Yeah. So Just you guys. Blocks from here. Yeah. Hometown heroes for 40 years. Thanks I guess. For, thanks for being yeah. around. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I've been here all 40 years, so I know it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. You mentioned. Uh, Earlier, and this is the total like just I'm gonna backpedal just for a second. You mentioned the uh, the Polish big bands, and funny enough, I just watched a video of a Polish big band today, just completely coincidentally. I was watching a YouTube video where they were talking about that. He was a, it was a composer on YouTube arranging music for a sm- uh, a small group of musicians, but he used Polish big band as inspiration. Wow! With the clarinet and the accordion together, and that was some of the craziest fucking music I've ever it heard. It is. That was like, that was a whole nother level of, of, of I, I guess, quote unquote, shredding that I've ever, <laughs> I could never, yeah. like, it was like. You totally shredded the clarinet. It was, it was wild. Oh, totally, yeah. It was absolutely wild. It's like, I mean, it's like you hear, you hear jazz solos, big band solos normally, and yeah, there's a lot of notes, there's a lot of playing, but this was like, this was like accordion clarinet, like shredding together. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was wild. It was, it was something I never heard before. And I, I'm now going to go, when I get home later, I'm gonna go listen to a bunch of that because that just that just blew me away. It Man, just, just blew me away. Get in touch with me. I can so set you up. <laughs> I can tell you who to check out. Uh, and see, the, the Polish big band, like I said, was them those musicians bringing those melodies and those traditional songs and then treating them to big band arrangements. Yeah. And it's and but they were also using a lot of those bands had local jazz guys playing with oh, them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Who were just 
but the man, the, the Polish clarinet players in particular, man, you've got to articulate the notes and mm-hmm. your intonation, your tuning has to be spot on or it doesn't work. And, he, and, and, and that, that on top of the speed of the playing is just the most impressive thing that I, I mean, like I, I, I hadn't seen a video like that in so long. Do you don't remember which band it was? It, well, I, I can't remember because it was like it was embedded within like this. The guy was talking about what partially inspired him for this compositional project. Wow. And then he cool. he went into he showed a video of that for like a second and I just like was watching it and not looking at the name of who it was and I then he took it away so wow. I have to go back to the video man but. serious don't hesitate to get in touch I'd love to <laughs> yeah, share please. my knowledge with you on this, this is this is the part of the show where uh, Hagen loses Adam and I who know nothing about music <laughs> yeah, theory or no anything like theory. that we're the non-music school guys um, yeah it, it, it's funny talking about you know like you know talking about Polish music and what Hagen was just talking about uh when uh, people talk about, you know, like if you were to ask me, hey, what does Finnish music sound like? I would be like, oh, hell if I know. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, I'm very limited in my scope of like, I think I know what American music sounds like. Mm-hmm. I think I know what, you know, Korean music sounds like. I have like maybe five countries that I can confidently <laughs> say, hey, I think this is what their genre is, or this is the typical, the pop genre. Uh, so, it, and it's funny, and it seems like, the rest of the world gets lumped into this category called world music. Mm-hmm. Even if that, whatever that means, you could have a Spanish band along with a German band yeah. along it, with a It's really just a catch-all for yeah. anything that's foreign sounding. It's not, it's not Western like, music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which it, it, it's like the you know the Oscars uh, uh, foreign language. Yeah, the foreign language like yeah. anything <laughs> that category where here. it's like anything that's not American. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. In fact, that term didn't even exist. Uh, uh, What didn't exist and relating to uh, pop culture until like uh, like the mid '80s, probably because there was world beat that came first, which referred to reggae. Nobody was called it world music, and then suddenly Hmm. there's this wow! Everybody's working with all these exotic rhythms and things, trying to work that into the pop stuff. And we're lucky nowadays that you know I've heard a couple you know traditional Russian music. Uh, pieces that I'm just like, oh, I wonder what Russian music sounds like today, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. outside of, you know, maybe some popular bands that you've heard of, but I don't think any of us know of popular Russian bands other than Pussy Riot. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah, and actually, there's this band that you've got to check out. That's the They're called Ivan Kupala, I-V-A-N-K-U-P-A-L-A, and they're a, a modern electronic Russian pop band. That's cool. But they use, there's two guys, sometimes three, and they get these old traditional Russian melodies, but they apply all this electronic, electronic beats, electronic sounds. Uh, they create really great sounds. And then they get traditional singers from the different areas to sing. And yeah. they, they tour oh, with cool. these. There's a, it, there's a video of them doing this song called Lizard. Uh, it's Ivan Kupala, Lizard, that has these four women singing. And there's two guys are playing. These four women are singing. It's, you got to check it out. It is, it's just brilliant. I'm on my phone looking up a certain band that I'm probably not going to be able to find. But there, I like stuff like that where you know it'll be a modern band trying to show you, oh, well, this is what it used to sound like. Like when people do a Shakespearean play, but actually how it rhythmically was spoken. Because mm-hmm. when we read something Shakespearean nowadays, we're putting it with our modern brains where it was yeah. actually rhythmically spoken different. Yeah. So what we find confusing now wasn't confusing then because it was you know it had a rhythm to it 
and it's actually funnier because you're like, oh, well, it was meant to be said like that, that kind of stuff. But there's this uh, one band from, I think they're from Norway. They're a Nordic band where uh, they play uh, traditional Viking music. Mm-hmm. And what they mean by that is they uh, take uh, like just kind of like uh, Norse mythology and then they write it into music, but they only make the music based off of uh, what uh, Norsemen could uh, make music off yeah, of the so, actual instruments and things exactly so uh and yeah there and then like it ends up sounding like more brutal than modern day yeah. metal so like yeah that kind of stuff is super cool to hear like oh well this is like before you know recording you know this but is probably what scandinavia though norway sweden man they have a strong tradition with death metal oh yeah it's really popular there oh, and it's yeah. everywhere I've it's read in the book. surprising Scary. places yeah, it, it is, is man. So scary. I mean, yeah. I love. I, I love, got a book right there. Yeah. I love metal, it. but that is just like that is that is burning churches down territory. That is like some really scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, but that, it's it's there. We were in um we were in playing in uh uh well we were in Uppsala. We played in Uppsala, which is right outside Stockholm. But we were on the bus a lot. And one day we were on a bus, and it's just I said a bunch of grandparent-looking people, and man, the, the they were just blaring death metal in a city bus. And one, and when we played this club, you know, oh, we were there in the summer, and the sun didn't go down, so it's like ten o'clock at night, and the sun's up, and so we're we were walking around looking at hedgehogs, literally walking around this town. Oh, there's a hedgehog. There's a hedgehog. But right next door to our club was a death metal club with kids literally, literally hanging out the oh. windows and this sound coming in. It was, it was 10 o'clock at night and it was as bright as day, daylight. And I'm thinking, this is something I won't see that <laughs> often at home. I'm going to soak this in. Yeah. With seeing hedgehogs, hearing death metal with young kids, and that's something you don't forget. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I would great. imagine. Yeah. Death metal uh, in Scandinavia is definitely interesting. And yeah. I would imagine that there's some of, I mean, you know, the Vikings were, not many cultures were as tough as those people, I think. I mean, I don't know that much about it, but. Yeah, I had a so. long discussion with somebody about this the other day, because I'm really interested in, uh, you know, Viking culture and stuff. But what's an issue with it is, so in Viking Norse culture, uh, they didn't uh, have any record keeping. Oh. They didn't do that. So guess who did? It was the Christians who oh. were being mm. pillaged oh. and so stuff like that. that. That's our impression. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. yes, they were brutal, but only by modern yeah. uh, time brutal uh, because, you know, Roman mm-hmm. people were just as brutal, but the Romans were the people who were cataloging yeah, them. them down. Yeah. So it's difficult. But that being said, you know, it, it it's okay to be interested in it. And, yeah. No, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, yeah. the, the uh, advancement of Christianity... Skew, yeah. skewed a lot of oh, yeah. real hi- real history. Yeah, as to in terms of what we get to hear and our, how we are, how it's presented to us. Yeah. Um. So, unless y'all got specific questions, I was going to ask about uh the live show. Y'all got anything no, yeah, for us about that? Nah. Cool. Um. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned that uh, polka is uh, often. I mean, like it is inherently referring to the dance. So whenever I hear that kind of thing, it makes me think, you know, kind of like chicken and the egg thing, like what came first, the music or the dance, that yeah. kind of thing. But rooted in that, 
when something is so heavily tied to an act of, uh, you know, live and not necessarily the record, the, uh, the live performance is very much what polka is. And I would say that for anyone who has that kind of, um, idea of polka being this joke, uh, genre Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing that you mentioned, you should go to a polka show Mm -hmm. if there's anyone local or, uh, you know, if you see a polka show, go, because then you can really kind of more understand because it is, especially for you guys, it's not just polka because you guys do genre hopping. Yeah, yeah. It's a genre hopping good time. So. Yeah, unless we're at, unless we're playing a polka event. Yeah. Which we do a ton of those. So uh, I, I agree with all that, but part of what Brave Combo's mission was, was to liberate the music of polka from that. Like, I want to liberate music, the polka from dance. I want to liberate it from beer. I want to liberate it from goofy clothes. I want to liberate it from right, right wing mindset. I want to liberate it from all these things that have clamped it down has forced it into a certain corner that most people think it's a, it's a, they, something they don't want to have anything to do with. Obviously I'm marginally successful, but not super successful. We've been doing this for 40 years and I've barely moved the needle. <laughs> and in fact, the, the way things are now, you know, it's, it's going back the other way. Uh, but uh, what drew me to the to it was finding these records. I didn't see anyone dancing. I just heard these guys, like you were talking about, well, whoa, why are they making fun of this? This is great. Yeah. You know, that's that's exact what, exactly what your experience is exactly my experience. Yeah, just like just like the the pure the pure clarity of watching and or listening to just somebody just making crazy music and incredible music. Yeah, and if you take all these attachments away from that and you have just the experience of wow, even don't no labels, yeah. just just that. So that became the driving force of the band and the fact that we happened to that people happened to dance like in a way we were playing them so we were playing polkas in the first 2 years like punk rock fast like that's what we did you know that's great i mean that's yeah. that was what we thought it was all about and we played it kind of speed metal fast well, was know? that also because of like you said you guys were sort of in you, you fit into that scene already right. was that right. was that a, was that a reason why or was it just uh, like- i think that it was that in, in a way we would we the audience didn't mind. Like if we played it fast, it was just people just going berserk. Right. It wasn't people trying to dance the polka properly. It was right. just going berserk. Yeah. I've uh, seen people mosh at your shows. Yeah. yeah. That's so. what I was say, at Jazz <laughs> Fest, it's more of that than... It, it, it used to be that way all the time, everywhere. But the polka people actually started liking us. And then we had to actually learn how to play <laughs> for them, but still be Brave Combo. So when we started playing, if we played a German event we wanted it to sound like german style but brave combo and we wanted to sing in german and then if it was polish we wanted to play polish style but be, be in brave combo and, and that's pretty ambitious as a band yeah especially we not as just much. one person because there is yeah. multiple of you to you know say hey however many people are in a band we're gonna do this yeah to it, try it, and fit to this possibly one show. That I know. Kind of thing. I can't believe I've found musicians who have been as as passionate about this and as passionate about, oh, we've got to learn this song in Polish. Well, like it sounds exciting. Uh, you know, playing the same song over and over again is not a bad thing. I do it and mm-hmm. I love doing it, but also trying to find new ways of doing that without compromising the actual uh, subject matter being the music. Uh, that That's pretty exciting. 
making it fresh without, you know, not being a jukebox, uh, the common sentiment of a musician. So. And just from a, the point of view of, we probably can't do, we probably can't pull this off. Let's try. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the. But, and, and that's fun to do I, with well, uh, your friends on stage is to, you know, yeah, try. I mean, and, yeah. And, and, you know, like um, what we found, I mean, well, we're, I mean, just, I don't know how much you want to get in. Where, where that has led us is we now headline Polish events all over the country. Yeah. We're the only, the only go-to Polish band in the entire state of Texas. Wow. We're yeah. it. There's one other guy, uh, Brian Marshall in Houston. Uh, there's no other, there's nobody else. Yeah, I mean... Texas is huge too. What I'll say about it also is it feels reminiscent to like I was a I was a a voice major in 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 college. I went and did classical voice, and it feels very reminiscent to how a lot of choirs approach things. We like when you approach singing a song, yeah, there's sheet music for it, but a lot of times like the director will go, "Hey, we should do this in the." traditional style or like hey oh, yeah. this is the modern version of it but we're actually gonna mm. we're gonna we're gonna take the modern version and we're gonna like twist it and make it more like the original versus like a lot of other styles of music that you might study or even not study where it's more of like it's not focused on let's do the original style let's do our own thing which like you said you guys do your own thing to stuff people know but you still it's you still appreciate what the culture is 100 percent, man our our uh, motto is Everything is sacred and nothing is sacred. Yeah. That's the motto. Like you can be in Brave Combo, but as soon as you start showing any kind of nationalist pride or any of that, man, that's going to screw up the music because right. you're going to be putting some pride element ahead of your willingness to fuck with it. Right. You know, I mean, you can't be unwilling to fuck with it. Yeah. For yeah. any reason. I mean, we've got this song we've been singing forever that goes, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-R-I-N-G, give a girl a diamond ring and she'll do most anything. Like, yeah. Man. <laughs> we actually sing that. And for 25 years, we've been seeing people like, what? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, but the idea is that we wrote this song, those lyrics, based on a mindset of the culture that existed, like you were saying, when the song, we wrote new lyrics to an old old song. Yeah. And their lyrics were just as bad. Oh, yeah. But we're writing new, worse lyrics. Well, maybe not just as bad, but <laughs> we're really driving the point home. You know, like, it, this is, everything about this is shocking, but... Some of my favorite lyrics are Mozart's lyrics, if you've ever... Uh, yeah, we've talked about that on the show before. They're yeah. great. His his humor, uh, fart was, jokes, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, um, it it you you nod to the. It's a hard thing because uh, everybody's so sensitive now that you can't like <laughs> things that happened in the past. You can't excuse it anymore. Even though, yeah. okay, we'll all admit we weren't at the at the level of evolution we are now. We hadn't reached that point. I mean, there's a lot of that's true. A lot of that is yeah. that as a species, even though it looks like we're we're going backward, some things we're going forward. We're, we're not, you know, like, um, I don't know if you read any Buddhist stuff at all or if you're into that at all, but uh, I've been studying that a long time and yeah. just really dig it. And not from a religious point of view, but just from, it just really... 
it just really fits my way of looking at life. Yeah. And and the whole idea of, of trying to free yourself from being judgmental. Like that is the rock solid core of Buddhism. And that is it. Yeah. That's the rock solid core of Christianity too, actually. Mm-hmm. To spoiler alert, <laughs> they can all be very similar when you actually yeah. look. Into, yeah, if you, if you can the not hate the person who's not your uh, god, you know, you can realize that it's actually probably your god too. It probably <laughs> is, and uh, there's been a lot written about the similarities between Christianity and Buddhism. Oh, too. Yeah. I mean, there's some about how you're supposed to live. But I, I get this magazine called Tricycle, which is a, a Buddhist magazine, but it's extremely good, and it's just what's a magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get this bunch of this stack of papers. I don't know if you can envision this. And one side, you can't open it. It's like glued on one side. Weird. You go from you go this way with it. Is it Uh, kind of of like an instruction manual? Yes. A a thicker version of that. You know when you buy something and Mm -hmm. they give you a a pamphlet? You know what a pamphlet is? Maybe. (laughs) It's like a a brochure. You know what a brochure is? (laughs) Do you know how to write a check? Oh, Come on, be well, honest. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how I pay my rent still. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So uh, one of these articles was, um, <laughs> can humor exist in Buddhism or something like that? <laughs> and the idea was that they boil it down to this place where if you're making fun of somebody, no, you can't do it. And so I'm thinking, wow, all humor is about somebody doing something stupid. Right. I mean, in a way it is. It's like something stupid happened. So how do you... I mean, I have a lot of friends that do really stupid things. I mean, just... And, I, and I'll go home and tell my wife, hey, you're not going to believe what... You know, and we'll both laugh about it. So I'm like, oh, man. So if you do that in a public forum, not that you're naming names, but you're still... Like, humor's in a weird place right now. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely... It def- humor's in a weird place, and what you do on stage is in a weird place, and it's it's all... I mean, it, it's crazy to think about all of the different repercussions of anything anybody does any time when someone's watching. You know, it's like if, if there, there's I've been currently reading about all this dumb drama with these two makeup tutorial YouTubers. God, kill me now, please. Can we, this is my safe space, <laughs> Hagen. God damn it. Do not bring this I, up. I'm only all, all, I'm, t- all I'm going to say about it is the fact of like these people have millions of followers. One person did kind of a weird thing. And now it's like, it's this whole thing of like, oh, cancel this person. No one, no one subscribed to this person. Everybody's fighting about it. And it's like, who the fuck cares? They're all have millions of subscribers and are making money doing like looking at a camera and talking. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, it's well, whatever. Just move on. But, move on. But well, I'm, st- I'm still reading about it. So. I think with, when it comes to music though, and like not just music, art, uh, and this, every type of art form, film and everything, uh, I think, uh, what can be difficult now is obviously be a good person. That's all anybody's trying to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And, uh, but also, uh, some people can take that a little too far and now it kind of feels like the death of satire. Mm-hmm. Like I, anybody who likes South Park knows what satire is. Yeah. And I have friends who are conservative. I have friends who are liberal mm-hmm. who, and they both love South Park the same way. Mm-hmm. If people can just accept that, that and yeah. not trying to get into all that kind of stuff, but I'm saying uh, music can be the same way. People will hear some, I mean, one of my favorite bands has a record where he's talking about killing a girl the whole record and 
if you just heard that out of context, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that sounds pretty brutal. And he's talking about, oh, I just want to slam your head in the door and I want to watch you die, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. No one should ever do that to no. anyone. But uh, it's in the context of like, it was a breakup album and he didn't know how to be like personal. So he wrote a concept album about this guy, you know, killing someone. Yeah. So, you know. See, that was a common theme with the punk movement. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that the punks, like uh, one of my favorite songs was um, by Black Randy and the Metro Squad, you know, and I'm not even going to say the lyrics. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, you, it's worse than that. You can, but, re- man, it was a great song. And, <laughs> it, and you knew Black Randy and the Metro Squad were not going to go out and they're not telling you to do it. But no. there's something to be said, you know, like if you're writing this, if you're writing a story, if you write a novel oh, yeah. about despicable things, I mean, how do you not write? Like Lola, I mean that's yeah. one of the biggest band books out there. How uh, how do you? I don't know. Um, being a band like being in a band like Brave Combo, where we take we take from so many different sources, and a lot of those are specific cultural things that other people do. Like how do we defend ourselves now from just appropriating the elements of other cultures for our own gain? Like how do you how do you do that now? We didn't used to feel like we oh, yeah. had to defend it. Now we it feels a little more like we have to defend from either our history, from the point of view that hey man, I'm I've uh, you can you can look at what I'm about the music. Yeah, don't even bring right. up culture from an outsider's perspective. Uh, with what you just said, what it seems like to me from you guys, you guys aren't just throwing in African drums just because you're like oh it's trendy. From what I see oh, you good. guys doing, you're talking about you know. We want to uh, explore a different culture in a respectful way, trying to say like, oh, well, here's, you know, what Polish polka sounds like. Here's what German polka sounds like, which may be similar, but is also different. And to say that all polka is the same in this example is, you know, kind of not the case. And uh, I could see how some people would be like, oh, well, you know, they're not German, so they shouldn't be doing that. But I, but I no don't get German, this. It's, but no German would say that. Of course. Yeah. Of course no, not. No, <laughs> other, no, other people would on your behalf. The, pe- the people, yeah, the people in, 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 especially in German culture would be like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, can, they can sing in German. They can do German stuff. All that G- German people are all about that stuff. Yeah. They're like, they're like, please, please perform the music of our culture because that's, <laughs> that would be great for us. Please. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's something to that. You're not uh, doing it for a profit in the sense, like, of course you're getting paid because. Uh, Musicians well, it's, get paid. it's done with like you're uh, not doing it to an ex- exploit. Yeah, it's done with respect to the music, and I mean, every time you guys play live, you always mention these what this type of song is and where it's from, yeah. and it's more even like educational at that yeah. point too. And that's, well, that's important. That's you know? what makes it yeah the authenticity. But at of the, the same act. time, man, we have we've gotten death threats. We've been told we better never come to Wisconsin again. Man, the, when the guy wrote that to me, first thing I did was book a gig in Milwaukee. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If it were me, I'd be like, cool. I, mean, I we, didn't want to come. This back. is no. one of the best. Milwaukee's cool, though. man. Uh, Milwaukee's is. great. Yeah. I love. Uh, we we uh, there was a guy who was actually a a Polish punk music writer that used to write for all these uh, punk zines in the day. And he he prided himself in knowing a lot about punk culture and knowing a lot about polka culture. So when we happened, we found that people in those people, whoever those people were, either loved us or hated us. And, and in fact, we found that in the early days, no matter what, they either loved us or hated us. And a lot of people hated it from that, that point of view, from the polka purist point of view, hated us. Uh, but this guy wrote 
terrible things about uh, about us in these these uh, magazines and uh so we um found out where he lived and uh <laughs> we went to his house and he he lived in uh he was in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we just happened to be there. We Did got you his address. Play outside of his house. We went to his house, and he wasn't there. And his mom was there. And we went <laughs> in his house. We told his mom we were friends of his. And we went in his house, and she called him from work, and told her that Brave Combo was there with her in his house. This is a guy who hated us. Thought we were destroying the culture. Wow. <laughs> and so we thought, dude, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not yeah. getting it. So we went to his. He wasn't there, and she invited us in. We didn't break in. But she invited us in, and uh, and then uh, he rushed home, <laughs> and, and we had a talk. I remember what he was wearing too. He had he had a tie and a shirt that didn't really match. I kind of remember that. But um, <laughs> anyway, we actually he turned out to be pretty cool. He's like, "Dude, you are just not getting where we're coming from." And we made this guy. It's like, man, check it out. Get to yeah. know us. You know, sat him down. And uh, just... after that, big brave combo fan. Of course, we knew where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be. Yeah, I think. I think the other thing is, is, is like you said, Adam. I think that the educational side is so important when it comes to something like this. I, I've thought a lot about like what cultural appropriation is in music, and it's so hard to to. I think for it to be cultural appropriation in music, because the only way that music grew to what it is now is by people traveling and going. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. cool. Let me let me do that. And that I mean, there are so many stories of famous yeah. composers traveling to other countries oh, and other other continents and going, "Hey, that's what I want to do with my music now." And I don't I don't think everybody has to be like educated to to therefore then use other things because sometimes people are so talented and have a great ear they can just hear something and go, "Oh, that's really cool." Now I'm going to try to implement that in this. But the idea of understanding where it comes from, what the idea is, that definitely really, to my, to, to, in my opinion, that helps get rid of any fear of cultural appropriation. Because you're, you're actually learning what the culture was. You're actually learning what, to take it to another level, maybe what the theory of it was, what the, how, how the composers of that culture wrote that music, what's the form, what's the X, Y, and Z. And then you can take that to a whole new level and go, cool. I'm going to put that with my formula and see what comes and see what happens. Yeah, and and like like Adam was saying too, perhaps you won't just lump it into a general world beat mm-hmm. category. You right. might actually be interested enough that you'll go, "Wow, I wonder what uh, Greek Samikos music? I'd like to hear some other bands play this music." Yeah, or- I mean, even going back to Polish big band, that 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 literally is just that's education blended. That's that's literally just taking two concepts that that may that should be together but no one ever thought about it and then going let's do yeah, it yeah it was happenstance that's so cool yeah exactly Man, that is so cool yeah and we did a last year we did a, a concert series we did austin dallas denton a couple other oh we did a date in houston uh, it was called Immigrant Songs and basically we were just saying man we're only going to play songs that we learned from people moving to the United States and we're doing brave combos take on their take on how the music, like we like we do 16 tons as a cumbia. And we learned this from a cumbia band who dug Tennessee Ernie Ford. <laughs> That's awesome. That's you cool. Know, so they did this, then we did this. Right. And so now we're saying, man, this is nobody at any, at any point was making fun of anybody. Right. Those guys dug him. 
we dug them. Now we're trying to play this for you. Man, I honestly think that when we put out, we were recorded with Rounder Records for 20 years up, up in Boston. And they were like the premier label for uh, uh, traditional music, but bringing it into a broader, like, like presenting it to a broader audience and just those musicologists, those, those you know, who would be more of a library approach. Exactly, would, yeah. You know, uh, and so I really do think that our role held rounder was to interpret a lot of this stuff for a bunch of white people. Yeah, I really do. But I think that's what our role there was. It's like, wow, they can play cumbias and salsa in a way that white people can understand it. And we right. were playing it rock style, but it's still salsa. I mean, like our drummers always like, how do you hear those different uh, rhythmical elements that are the congas, the, the cowbells, the timbales. Now, how does a trap set player right. play all of this? But I don't want him playing a rock beat, man. I no. want those things in there. And every drummer has has risen to that challenge and can actually play an entire salsa band, a samba band, a cumbia band, whatever. That's awesome. Like, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, but it can't be like, hey, everybody is playing salsa and the drummer's and the back drummer's here playing it. Four on the floor. Yeah. On two and and, four, and yeah. so many people approach Latin music that way. Yeah. You know? that, that, that doesn't work. I mean, in pop music does it a lot. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll take, I mean, like the, uh, there's, there's a number of examples where they'll take something that sounds like, some other style, but the the rest of the song is just like a regular. Yeah, I know. one little yeah. exotic <laughs> yeah, element. Exactly. Like yeah. instead of doing, they do. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's the latest beat, man. Yeah. That, uh, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. In the all the dance music, you got to get that little Middle Eastern. It's a Middle Eastern thing. Mm -hmm. You know, didn't we never even heard it till you know we started bombing Iraq and. And a lot of that music was... I'm not kidding. Yeah, no. I mean, no, just that. Yeah. I'm telling you, if we go to war with Russia, we're going to start playing a lot of Russian music. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you. It's, I'll yeah, take Jackson, it. you're to war, the curve here. We're ready for Iran, man. I've got some Farsi stuff ready to go. I mean, as soon as we declare war, I'll start playing Iranian music. You're the war band. Yeah, man. War, what it is, Bringing what people is it together. good for? <laughs> so, uh, um... Do y'all want to move on to tour stories a bit? Tursters? Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's our segment. It's uh, We're all from Texas, so we can call it what it is. It's Tursters. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, Hagen? So uh, give us a, a tour story, a high and a low. You may start with either one. Mm. one you oh, like. just right. Oh, okay. You've already given yeah, us yeah, a couple good ones. I should ones. be thinking about this. Well, there's a lot of them. You gave Man, us that good one from I'll the tell Nordic. you a really, really good one. This is a really. So we're good starting one. with a high, or is this a good? Let's low? start with a high. Okay, yeah. Good for you. It's hard to think. Positivity. It, no, let's start more with positive let me, let than me us. Think, let me think of one of our worst. Well, you did mention. I mean, even our bad gigs are funny. Exactly. Well, that's that's the that's good so, stories though. Is the, the those are typically ones. the bad ones. The cult stories, that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> the what? The cult stories, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I had a cult story I had to cut out because they didn't want <laughs> like the C C U L T. Cult? Yes, yeah. uh, they didn't oh. want the cult uh, to hear it and come after him, and I was like, "Yeah, I get that." It, oh. Yeah, it's, it's a cult we're all aware of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Well, okay, no. Um, one of our good a good story is we were playing uh, uh, at the Alligator. Oh, this is a good story and a bad story. So we were playing the Alligator Lounge in uh, Santa Monica, and it was a weeknight, 
And we had pretty low expectations anyway. I mean, even if we were doing well, weeknights at clubs, man, it's just, it's always been a tough, tough sell. And we were playing other club dates in the area. So we thought, man, these gigs are all going to get watered down. So we're playing a bunch of stuff because we don't get to, you know, when you're going all the way out to California, you know, take advantage of it. So we were playing the Alligator Lounge and, um, Man, maybe 65 people are there at the most, and the management hasn't been very nice because they thought it was going to be a better night, too. And a lot of times, bands will experience that. They're all excited until you get there, and then people don't show up. Then they don't like you anymore. <laughs> and, it's, and so we were, what, we were really used to that. So we finished our first set, and this guy comes up from the back, and uh, he just says he wants to hang out with us. And it's, it's, it's Matt Graining. So it turns out to be him. <laughs> and so it turns out that... Man, he has our oldest records. He's been following us from the beginning. He's been... So uh, he says, ah, so this gig that was like a real downer, we all went backstage and we're hanging out with him and he starts drawing Simpsons characters all over the dressing room. What the hell? So it was a giant Homer <laughs> back there. And then um, uh, uh, we, he stayed with us and hung out, and hung out after the show and then he... Our drummer got him to draw Bard on his drums and stuff. And so from there, we were in town. He said, well, man, y'all come to my house. And so uh, we went to his house. And uh, I'm vegetarian, so he he had this massive vegetarian uh, spread for us and anything. And so then ultimately, we got, you know, he, we, we got on The Simpsons, ultimately. You know, they, we were drawn on The Simpsons. And Whoa. we were playing, a, we're playing, we're right there playing a polka fest. And you... Marge and Homer walk up, and there we are, our name, and there I yeah. am playing. And I saw that, and I was just like, oh, surely that's wrong. And then it, it had your name on it. I was like, well, there's no d- disputing that. No, uh, no. <laughs> that's your name. It's, so uh, uh, that, was a, that was a pretty nice uh, touring story. Uh, a bad one? Uh, God, I've been so many. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and uh, here's a good one. We were uh, on our way up to the East Coast, and we played Little Rock, and then we were heading out, and we were on our way to Memphis, I think, or maybe we were going further north, and we're going up the, up towards St. Louis, and we stopped, and then the van stopped. It wouldn't, nothing would happen, and we couldn't figure out what was going on, and it just stopped, and we're going, oh man, and when you book these tours, man, you you. You you can't stop. I mean, every minute you got to keep push. You got to keep pushing, and so if I, we can't stay here. We got to get moving. It wouldn't do anything. So these uh, two really old guys came out of the store, and they <laughs> they had um, plastic jugs, and they were going fishing. This was probably about three in the morning. They were going out early fishing, and they had plastic jugs. They started filling their jugs with gasoline these plastic jugs and screwing them on and put them in the back of their truck. And they saw us over there standing by uh, the van. And then one of them came out, well, yeah, boys, what's going on? And we said to him, he says, well, I know what's wrong. And he crawled under the van and fixed it. What? Like that. Crawled under the van. Hey, it's just wire. <laughs> fixed it. Hmm. And then they got in their truck and drove away with jugs of gasoline why were they collecting gasoline? That's just the way they were going somewhere. They were going to need it. It's, okay. You know, it's this backwoodsy. Okay. Yeah, you just don't ask questions then. <laughs> oh, I know. An, I know a good story, but I don't know if you can tell this one. But one of our first gigs. Ah, uh, uh, you can't tell this one. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Leave them. Leave them wanting more. Yeah, yeah. that's it. The yeah. rule of. I'll the tell trade. you about. I'll t- as soon as this is off, I'll tell you that story. I mean, there's so many. Happy to hear it. Um, 
God, I mean, do we? Let me think of oh, one time uh, we were going to New York, and uh, I realized we were going to be there over uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, I knew the Macy's parade was there, and we can we can march and play like the uh, our bass player can play tuba, and uh, our drummer would play uh, the elaborate washboard setup, and then I'd play accordion, and horn players would play their horns, and so we can walk while we play, and uh, so we were going to uh, New York, and the um, I, th- I was thought, man, I wonder how you get to march in the Macy's parade. I mean, how how does anybody get to do that? And we were doing our reg thing. We were playing like a like a downtown New York City nightclub, and then we had that day. It was a Thursday, obviously it's Thanksgiving. We were going to be there, and so I called the main Macy's store in New York, and I said, I mean, to her answer, I said, who books the Macy's parade? <laughs> and they said Ralph. That's literally what they said, Ralph. <laughs> And I said, where's Ralph? They said, the eighth floor. I said, put me through to Ralph. And I got through to Ralph. (laughs) And I told him who we were. And there was a pause. to send me a cassette. And so I sent him a cassette. Within a week, he brought back, we'd love for you guys to march in the parade. And there we were. That's nuts. Crazy. And right, like Dionne Warwick was behind us and Woody Woodpecker was in front of us. I can tell you exactly what it's like to be in that parade i can tell you from exactly what it feels like how long did you walk a long time and you had to get there at seven in the morning like you and guys it was 10 degrees yeah and you guys yeah. you guys play uh long sets or multiple <clears throat> sets so you're, you you have the material but still oh man it no and you don't move that fast yeah the sheer but at the, but mobility. i'll tell you what the the unbelievableness of it absolutely propelled us through every second of it. The longness of it or the uncomfortable, we, like we could not believe we were there. We couldn't believe it. And we couldn't believe how easy it was. I, just, I, just, I can't. He's yeah. on the eighth floor. That's, He's on yeah, the eighth who, floor. Who would have guessed it was that easy to get on? I, I mean, you know, I th- when I get to speak to young musicians on occasion, and man, basically what I tell them is, don't assume that some stupid idea is a bad idea. Oh, don't yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. assume it. If you are if you're turned on by it, man, run with it. Let yeah. that passion be the thing. And I'm, man, passion can carry you a long way. Depend de, be, truly believing in yourself can really carry you a long way. If you can get past that, if you can get past worrying about what anybody thinks, yeah. just imagine. Oh, if you yeah. can get truly past that. When I was first telling people what I was going to do, I couldn't find a single person to jump on this. Oh, and yeah. then I just, musicians just came to me. I didn't find them. You know, they didn't even know what I was doing. They just entered my life. Yeah. You know? And to people who say that, uh, you know, like, oh, well, it's different now with the internet. Like, yeah, it's different, but those things still do happen. Like, there's a local festival that I've been trying to get uh, Hagen and my band to play for years and they keep turning us down and i you know i was just like oh well i guess they're just booked and then i saw like oh they're booking like metal bands like you know they should be booking us i'm pretty sure this is a family friendly festival so you know all that kind of stuff and then like uh just the other day i was talking about it and someone's like oh you need to go talk to so and so at uh this random store in lewisville and i was like okay and uh (laughs) why and they're like oh uh his wife books that and i was like okay and so there you I, go. so now Jeez. i have their contact there you go so all that kind of stuff that it it is still that way yeah 
it's just more well hidden because people think it's not that and, way. And you've got to follow up. Oh, yeah. You know, if it's some people don't follow up on things because it's too far fetched. People just don't doesn't... even know how to email. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah You're we, right about that. We knew someone who uh, sent a text out uh, trying to book some people, oh. and they said, uh, we said, like, oh, did you, uh, we mentioned, I forgot exactly what they said, but yeah. they were like, oh, yeah, I emailed them. And we're like, oh, yeah, where's the email? And they're like, oh. And he showed it. It was a text message. Text. I was like, that's not an email. No, that's not professional at all. <laughs> God. But it's not even about being professional. It's like, no one's going to reply to that. Oh, yeah. Want to <laughs> yeah. deal with it? Like, yeah, unless you personally know the band members, yeah. like, yeah. don't book through text. It's yeah. just, yeah. So, uh, any more stories you want well, to tell? Well, I mean, what, God, just pick a state. We, we can move me. on. Uh, uh, man, ever... one, time, one time we were uh, invited to uh, make a record um, in Uvalde, and there's this. There was this place called uh, Indian Indian Springs Recording Studio. It's still there, and it's in out. You know where Uvalde is? It's down. You go down to San Antonio, and then you go west, and it's yeah. it is in the middle of nowhere. Great little town, but then from there, we went to Uvalde, and uh, it was this British producer who he and another guy start, had opened this studio. It was a state of the art studio in the desert. And so they were hot on us for some reason. So they invited us out there. And we, uh, so we got out there and it, we, it took a long time. And we would, had decided that they were just people that were going to kill us. Yeah. By the time we're driving, because we're just going over cattle guards to, to get there. We're like driving over cattle guards, like those, those metal things. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And so, wow, what is this? And we got out there and sure enough, there it was. It was a real thing. And, uh, we tur- wind up turning them down because we didn't want to hang out there a whole week. So uh, <laughs> I don't want to be out here a whole week. Oh, man! Our fir- this is a pretty good story. Our first trip to Japan, our first night, uh, we uh, pull up to our hotel. That we they had us in this part of, of Tokyo called Roppongi, which is where they put a lot of Westerners because a lot it's a little bit easier to kind of just maneuver around. Yeah. Not so the we pulled up shock. and. Pardon me? Not the culture shock. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, man, if you get out of Tokyo, there's no English. Yeah. It is not easy. You yeah. really have to have a babysitter or you're, you're lost. <laughs> so, uh, we, so we pulled up. It was like really late. And we pulled up and there's, sure enough, there's like about 10 Brave Combo fans at our hotel, like excited. And so we were there and this band called the Gypsy Kings were there and uh, who were from... Uh, where are they from? They're from Spain. And then there was a band, uh, Skid Row. And uh, that's a Sebastian Bach. Oh, I know Skid Row. I, that's the first vinyl I ever bought. Oh, really? And I bought it, and for some reason I put it down somewhere, and there was a, uh, a mirror in the same room, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my God, Skid Row backward is War Dicks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a kid. Oh, it it's spelled differently, oh. but it's still war dicks. I so. would have, I would have latched onto something like that. You're welcome, Sebastian Bach. <laughs> so they had a ton of fans. There were all these little Skid Row fans, and not many people were there for the Gypsy Kings, but there was a clump of people there with us. And so we pull up and we get there, and uh, our production, the people that brought us over, we had to have a production meeting then. It's like, as soon as we got to the hotel, they wanted to have a, and then these people just said, y'all got to come with us. And so they took us then. I've never been to Tokyo. We got in cars with strangers and they took us way into the city to this place a long way from the hotel called Eggman. 
And that night, there was a band playing Tex-Mex music at that club. And we get there, and we walk in, and somebody says, Brave Combo's here. The place goes nuts. It's because there's a Tex-Mex band there, and we're already like this, have this Tex-Mex kind of connection. So we get on stage. And within an hour of being in Tokyo, we're on stage playing in Tokyo. So the next night, we go out with the people who brought us there, and I kept telling them, we're vegetarian, or I am, my wife is, and some other people. We don't eat meat. We don't f- eat fish. Yeah. And then they were saying things like, oh, in Tokyo, we call that fishitarian. No, 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 no. We don't eat fish. Don't eat any of that. So they take us out for our first meal. The promoters who have spent thousands of dollars getting us there, they're paying us a ton of money. They're paying for all of this. And uh, we go eat, and they can't find anything for us to eat on the menu. And so I'm looking over, and the guy who paid all this money has his, is like literally like this. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going, oh, we have blown it before we've even played a show here. And they tried, and, and, and so we wind up just drinking and getting drunk. And, yeah. and then, so one side of the table was eating that Kobe beef. Yeah. And, uh, and we learned later this guy spent like three, $4,000 on this meal. Whoa. And they were just wow. chowing down on this. We couldn't find anything. They brought us custard. Then we would eat it, and then we'd find a creature at the bottom of the custard. You know, it'd be down in the bowl. You didn't see it till you got through to it. Uh, yeah. And so then I happened to mention that we had played the night before, and he went berserk. Oh. Like, we were not to have played a oh, note yeah. in Japan before we played that first show with them. So like we're blowing it right and left. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my God, how can this get worse? And we kind of patch it up. And um Jet so, lag is a hell of a drug. Huh? So, <laughs> jet lag is a hell of a drug. Uh, man, I think I probably would have I mean you I'm not having a problem talking now. So <laughs> I was eventually gonna get around to something that's gonna get me in trouble. Luckily everything went fine. Just, yeah. And we got to go back again and again. So <laughs> Well, uh, y'all want to move on to... Hey, 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 listen! That's a... That was a different way of doing that. Yeah. It's my way of doing it. You nailed it. It's we're, my way of doing it. We're talking about what we're listening to. We'll go around so you have time to think about what you want to talk okay. about. And you're very welcome to get up on a soapbox of what people should listen to. Um, Kagan, oh. do you want to go... Does anybody want me to go, go for first, it? Jackson. Okay. Um... So I've been listening to this uh, Australian uh, singer-songwriter. Her name is uh, Julia Jacqueline. She's actually going to be in town soon. So she's playing at, I think, Club Dada in Deep Ellen. So I think I'm going to, like, the day after I get back from Chicago, I'm going to, like, haul ass to her show. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, she's really great. Um, Really simple uh, musically and what I mean, like, instrumentally. But uh, the lyrics are super potent. Uh, her most recent album, Crushing, is what I've been listening to recently. Uh, just today, I started listening to Rammstein's new album because that's just one of those bands that I'm intrigued by because I used to like them a lot as a kid. Uh, the industrial metal, industrial rock, German rock band, Rammstein, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, they ever gotten in trouble oh, recently. All the time, but yeah, but all just the recently, time. yeah, they released a song called Deutschland, yeah, and uh, yeah. they released a music video where they were dressed up in yeah. um, the uh, uh, concentration camp um, 
not the Nazi outfits, but yeah. the prisoner outfits. Yeah. So yeah, they got in trouble for that. Uh, it is that 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 was the point. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to defend them or uh, chastise them because that's Rammstein. Those dudes, yeah, that's not are probably yeah. assholes. Not <laughs> they have a music video that's just porn. Oh yeah, they have a song that's talking about uh, the that one dude who chopped off his dick and yeah. fed it to a cannibal. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they met on Craigslist. Like they they are shock rockers. So I'm not yeah. shocked by it. Uh, I don't support them in that sense. But you know, I think their music is interesting. Uh, and then uh, I have written down here, I've already done this, but to ask Hagen about Slipknot. You haven't listened to it yet, so. No, I, I, I haven't listened to the, the, uh, the second new song yet. I, it's it's on my list, but I just haven't gotten there. Yeah, so Slipknot there. released a new song. Uh, the but, masks suck, though. The new masks are terrible. Yeah. A band I reluctantly like a yeah. lot. Why do you reluctantly like them? I don't know. That I'm really against that idea of guilty pleasure music, but I do think Slipknot falls into that for me. Oh, well, it's a shame. Yeah, um, I've been to their shows. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Slipknot's a good band. You heard that the clown's daughter died. Yeah, yesterday. just today. Oh, what? Yeah, and no, they, they haven't that. released why. So, um, or what happened, but... It was like a couple days after they released that song. Yeah. And that song talks about like killing yourself. So let's hope it's not something like that. But yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, it's pretty rough. But yeah, um, it's a decent song. Um, Yeah. um, uh, All Out of Life, the previous song they released, I really like that one. That's a good song. So uh, hopefully this new album's more that way. But uh, yeah, I asked Hagen about Slipknot. One of you guys can go. That's good. Go ahead, Adam. So I found a new band on a band camp that I really like. They're a math rock band from Taiwan uh, called Elephant Gym. What the fuck? We've talked about Elephant Gym I have Gym talked on this about this before. band have you? so yeah. much. Andy did this shit. Okay. Sorry. Well, never mind. <laughs> no, no, never mind then. And, no, 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 no. I definitely no. found it through a link on Bandcamp, though. And that's so. totally fine. That's cool, uh, But Andy did this. Uh, I told, I showed him, and I have the messages to prove it. I said, hey, check out this band. I don't like math rock, but I found this band. It's this Taiwanese uh, uh, math rock band that I was just like, oh, this is actually really good math rock. I really like this. This is the math yeah, rock I like. It's less, yeah, it's yeah, it's more accessible or it, it's different enough for me. Uh, and, whether or not it actually is. So, Adam, what's math rock? I mean, how do you define? I'm a, probably the worst person Here to explain go. it. <laughs> that's why you should do it. Um, but this band's Taiwanese. Yeah, and that's the style they play. Well, the the it's style they play rock. is the math rock style, which is. I don't know, Hagen. You're oh, damn yeah, it. theory cool. person. I'll phone a friend. <laughs> theory person. Yeah. Math rock is basically just uh, it, it, it uh, on a basic level. It is um, rock music that uses odd times and enters a lot. That changes a oh, lot. Okay. Often now, tapping. It, and jazz right. chords. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of okay quote unquote jazz chords. I knew that was going to piss him off. <laughs> a lot of major sevens. <laughs> that's all there are. Um, a lot of major sevens. Just a, a, that. That's really? all. It's all. It's all. Math, that's all. Like math rock. Their favorite harmony is the major seven and the minor seven. There's you should a lot pick of, up that guitar behind you and just show him. Nah. There's a lot of uh, there's <laughs> a lot on. of tapping. Um, like the, basically the way a lot of the way a lot of math rock guitarists write. It's very guitar driven. Um, and it is basically uh, they, as most tapping guitarists think, but they think as if it's a piano, and they think in more in concepts of um, rhythmic groupings and meters versus yeah. harmony or melody. But melody and guitar does drive it. Drums are drums and bass are really important, and in some cases the vocals are important, but they're not like the driving force of the music by any means. So it wouldn't be like. Um... 
uh, like a pr- uh, progressive rock band. It is. It is. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's it, like they, yeah. they're in the same uh, groups from, with metal mm-hmm. and prog rock. It okay. grew from it grew from prog rock. Uh, it, it grew from prog rock and it grew from like early emo as well. Yeah. Um, it's an me, interesting genre, though. It, like to me, it just sounds like uh, somebody took their uh, voice memos that they recorded all their guitar parts and just put them together. Uh, so that's yeah, why I don't like it. But math rock because you'll have things in 11 and things in 5 Correct. and things in yeah, 7. Yeah, and, and then and then there's there there are the math rock bands who do play just in like just four, ju- yeah. just in 4 or the occasional bar of 3 or something like that and it, it the, they'll people will still call it math rock because there are odd groupings within those measures oh, okay. or because and it does the, have that major the chords. Yeah, or because it has the sound, especially like the guitar tones are very very similar across the board. Um but yeah, it's 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 a it's a good genre. I like it a lot. Mm, I'm gonna pay attention to that. Sorry, what yeah, I was very, gonna, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, what I was gonna say is I was mad at Andy because he said this uh, so band did, on the show, and he I guess said I don't that remember him. He that. said that he discovered them. I was like, bitch, I showed them to you, and he refuted it. I have the messages to prove. <laughs> it. Well, I can say so. you didn't send that link to me, so I found it on my own. Yeah, no, no, or I'm maybe fine I'd, with that. Maybe I'd seen the name from doing the show. Notes I just get I angry yeah, when I think it. about yeah. Andy. Yeah. And what's the name? Elephant Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. They uh I don't know. The album's really good. It's it's mostly They're instrumental, great. but they do have some vocals. Yeah. And obviously those are not in English, so that's something I have no idea what they're saying. But uh I really like it. It's good music. Um so I've been listening to that and then a band called Wells Fargo, which was a uh Zimbabwe uh group in the seventies. Oh. How that, did you uh, find that? Somebody put out a com- compilation of theirs, like uh, a their rock music. Band? Yeah, they're a rock band, oh. yeah. Um and they were only active for like 10 years or so. There's no recordings of most of their music. So this oh. is just a compilation of some live performances somebody found and put together. It's the only thing I can find with their name on it. Uh, but it's really great. I really like it. It's kind of funk rock in a way. But um, no perceivable African no, not, at not, all? Or? Not, not much. It's just like it, there's maybe a little bit in the drums, but not anything wow. excessive or anything. Wow. It's just a really cool rock band that uh, apparently only has one album's worth of stuff hmm. that's out there. So. It's kind of cool and weird. Weird find. Is it me? Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty boring. Uh, this this time. Um, there's a band called The Damned Things. They're a uh, super group made up of the lead singer of Every Time I Die, which is a hardcore band. Uh, the Anthrax, the guitar player and bass yes. player for Anthrax, and the guitar uh, the the guitar player and drummer for Fallout Boy. So it's a super weird hmm. super group of people. And they it's a weird mix of people. They're really good. Though. Yeah. So they 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 released a, an album like uh, probably like eight or nine years ago, and they just released their newest album last week, and it is really cool. Uh, it is like this. I described it to my girlfriend as like metal pop. It it, it really what it is is just hard rock, but like it it yeah. definitely like it has its roots in what metal is. Uh, with like a lot of driving vocal melody behind it that really just gives it a lot more catchiness versus just like a metal song, which I love metal, but a lot of times it's not a lot for like the general ear to catch on to. They have a music video that they released. I don't know if you watch this, but no. they're like playing the song live. I think it was the first one that they released after that, like nine years. And uh, it's just them playing in a studio. And I was like, oh, that looks like Scott Ian mm-hmm. from Anthrax. Uh, that is that guy from Fall Out Boy? And then like, so they're just playing, playing these songs. I'm like, this is really heavy. And then they all just start getting skewered and murdered in these yeah. really brutal ways. I'm like, what is happening? They're, it's a, it's a really, it's a really interesting super group. Um, so I, uh, they released that album and I've been listening to that pretty frequently. Um, 
there's a band called Dirty Loops. They just dropped a single today. Um, they're like a weird progressive. I don't want to say progressive. I don't want to say jazz either, but like they, they have this, they have their roots in jazz and in pop music. They, they got famous because they did YouTube covers of pop songs in like not even jazzy forms, but just weird chord progressions, just stuff like that. So, uh, they released an album like probably five years ago and now they released maybe four years ago and then they just released their first single since then. And it's really cool. It's, uh, I can't, I think, I think they're, they're Swedish and, uh, their English and their understanding of like American culture is really funny. They have like, they write a lot of songs just based on like partying and shit, but it's like within the context of like weird chord progressions and weird rhythms. Um, but the, it's like an eight minute song with like three and a half minutes of pop song. And then the rest of it is just trading solos. So that's pretty fun. Huh. Um, can I, uh, before you move on, how uh, you talk about that, uh, the funny and understanding of, uh, English, uh, the, what you were just talking about, the band Dirty that, Loops, yeah, yeah, going from uh, their culture to ours. Uh, have you ever uh, read uh, "Rock Me Like a Hurricane"'s lyrics? No, from the German rock band The Scorpions. No, I've never read it. Uh, the bitch is hungry; she needs to tell, so give her inches yes. and feed her well. I do remember this now. <laughs> That's so. It's yep. like that the whole song. That song <laughs> that everyone likes. The here I am, yeah. rock you like a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is very much a Google Translate from yeah. German. <laughs> well, and it's like the second song on their first record they released back in 2014 is just called Sexy Girls. And the chorus is just sexy girls in the club. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but it's like underneath like, whoa, these, Minimalism. Are, some, these are some like really thick chords happening. Uh, and then uh, I'm listening to a hardcore album with the guitar player from Dance Gavin Dance in it. It's called uh, The band's called The Secret Band. You really and drank the Kool Aid with I that did. band. This I did. Year. I did. I <laughs> did. Yeah, that's uh, not in a bad way, but like he mentioned it one episode, and it has just been a like a snowball effect. Well, you know what's funny about it is that I fell in love with only that one album they released, and then I got one of my students to listen to it, and then at the beginning of every lesson, he likes to tell me what he's been listening to, um, and since he got into that album, he has come in every week showing me side projects from Dance Gavin Dance, and then I'm like, oh, I did. I, this is fucking great. Your little birdies yeah. doing your research for he you. Is. Yeah, he that's is. pretty good. He also listens to this podcast, so. Fuck. What's up, dude? <laughs> Shout out to you. You're doing the hard work, my dude. <laughs> that's all I got. Go ahead. Oh, What are oh, you listening me? to? Oh, what, oh, what do well. you listen to? Okay, well, I walk my dogs every day. Good for and, you. And I, <laughs> you're I, so brave. Yeah, and they're. Uh, I rescued these dogs twelve years ago, and rescued them with their mother then from a horrible situation about a block and a half away. So they've lived with us for. So I walk them every day, and they we walk around the neighborhood where they've always lived, and so it's kind of the same walk every day. So I, um, a friend of mine had some of these bone induction headphones if y'all oh yeah those yeah yet? those are pretty cool They're yeah, very, yeah. I, I, i'll be excited when they actually can give you some bass response and some high i don't know how they'll do that but it's enough that you can they'll figure it out yeah i mean you'll figure it out well, i don't have those so i just put my phone here because i don't want to cover my ears so i put my phone here and every day i listen to uh, roy scott who's this uh norwegian electronic duo mm-hmm. you familiar with him yeah I'm not. you f- familiar with him yeah you know the geico commercial Probably not. Okay, there's this Geico <laughs> commercial where the uh, old Geico commercial. Is this what got turned me on to them? Was the 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 caveman in the airport? 
and he okay. looks up and sees it, and he's on the the conveyor belt. He's on the yeah. walking side. He gets mad, and he looks up and it's do 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 do. Sounds like music you'd hear in a in an environment. So I always thought, you know, that's a pretty good song. What is that? <laughs> so I thought, well, how do I figure this out? I'll put in. It's good. Everywhere I go. Da, 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 da. So I thought, oh, wherever where I go, and there, sure enough, there it was, the Royce Cop. And so I got really turned on to these guys, and um, so that's what I listened to on the walk. I just put it on, and just one Royce Cop song after another. That's how I look up most songs, by the way. If you look at my Google search yeah. history, it's like uh, random lyrics like or partial lyrics. such and such episode four yeah. or season blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my Google search history. Yeah. How Among gonna, other blasphemy. Yeah, how are you? Uh, another thing that I stumbled across was this thing called the Popolsky Show, which is a German show, but it's kind of like as if, um, well, anyway. Uh, so there's this song called um, uh, I, I Can't Get No Sleep. And so just put in Popolsky Show, I Can't Get No St- Sleep, or David Garrett, who's a German violinist. You know who that is? Yeah. He's he's in this. You know, it's hard to say too, because like a lot of the music, I hate to say, I'm catching on YouTube. I'm, that's where I'm hearing it now. Yeah. So as sad as it is, and as much as I hate to admit it, I have this video connection with music now with some of the songs. Uh, so that's one thing I could highly recommend. Honest to God, uh, David Garrett, I can't get no sleep. Popolsky show, you got to check this out. Uh, let's see. And then I mentioned, um, uh, that Russian band, uh, uh, Ivan Kupala. Yeah. Uh, man, I just, everything they do is just spectacular. It's all really just amazing stuff. Yeah. You I'm for sure going to check out now. Never heard it. Uh, let's see. And, uh, I've really been listening to a lot to, uh, uh, Bartok's Hungarian dances and the, and the Brahms both. Hungarian dances. Hungarian dance number eleven, just I just can't get out of me, and so I actually arranged a cha-cha version of that, and ah. I've I've been I'm in the studio working on that right now, a cha-cha version of Hungarian of Brahms Hungarian dance number eleven. That's awesome. And I've got this sax backing thing going on, and um, so I've been I get uh, oh, and this Mendelssohn song without words. That series, oh my God, number thirty, uh-huh. Opus One, or Opus One, number thirty, number Opus Thirty, number one, one or the other. <laughs> Man, God, what a just grippingly beautiful, just amazing piece of music. Uh, oh, I can. I mean, I can go on. I mean, just yeah. say stop. <laughs> we can, uh, unless you got something you want to talk about, we can move on. No, I, I, that sums up. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I can't uh, recommend Ivan Kupala enough. It, it, just to I'm, f- yeah. as an example of what all we've been talking about today. That's just yeah. it's yeah. really amazing. All of this will be in the show notes, so others can listen to it. I for sure am going to check out Ivan Kupala. Uh huh. I V A N K U P A L A. Cool. Yeah. Um, I have I have one one more question. Is that okay, Jackson? No. Is that okay, podcast leader? No, but I'll You're allow breaking it. the format. Okay. Uh, Sustain. Uh, no, so go for it. Uh, you just mentioned you're arranging something in the studio, uh-huh. and you guys have, you you've, you you we've spoken about changing music and doing all these things, and but you said you got your masters in drawing and painting. Uh-huh. 
So when you arrange stuff, do you write it out on sheet music or is it no? No. So how and and I know that you've had people in the band that have gotten degrees, right? Uh, music. music degrees? Yeah. No, but everybody. Okay. No, actually, <laughs> not quite made it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But okay. super, was super brilliant. Right, and, right. Yeah, they've got their act together. Right. So I guess I guess the 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 main question is how uh, how does the arranging work? for yourself um without writing anything out what do you what's the process like when you arrange something like you just mentioned in the studio what are you what are you sitting in are you recording every idea what's the what's the process like pretty much that not not every idea but uh i can work a lot of stuff out on keyboards and i've got a solo project i'm doing now that involves uh, synthesizers and uh, electronic beats and a lot of electronic dance music kind of stuff but also vocal processing okay um where i can play a chord and then I sing, and it automatically harmonizes, and just as long as I'm playing the chord. Right. So I play the chords, and it harmonizes whatever I'm doing. But I've but these, I don't know if you've checked out all these this new technology, but you can just you can pick the kind of harmony you want. That's what yeah. That's what um, that's a big thing that Jacob Collier uses. Yeah. Jacob Collier does the whole. I mean, now he has a full band live on his tours, yeah. but before he was doing when he was touring by himself, and he still uses it. But that was a huge part of his performance. It's amazing what yeah. you can do, and uh, man, I think he's incredible. Oh yeah. But I will say this: is that musicians need to be really careful that they're not getting too much like athletes. Like, yeah. Hey, look how much I can do. Look right. how like because some sometimes the 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 song the music melody the harmony like that really suffers if it's just hey we're just being acrobatic about everything right and that's the one thing about like a lot of the progressive rock stuff which was sad because i grew up with that you know and i grew up like so loving like led zeppelin i mean the day i bought led led zeppelin's first album i had a wreck that day driving away from a friend's house we had just listened to it and Uh we were flipping out yeah i mean i I literally could not control myself. I right. was so excited because I was a huge Yardbirds fan. I'd actually seen the Yardbirds when I was in the seventh grade. I saw the wow. Yardbirds in a gymnasium. Yeah. And so the Yardbirds were, ah, Yardbirds. So then Led Zeppelin comes along. And says, oh, this blows everything out of the way. I had a rip. And then, um, but that was before, like, they were just experimenting with all this crazy stuff. And then everybody, then the jazz mixed with the, like John yeah. McLaughlin and all those those guys. I mean, and then which is great, and I love Weather Report. But then once the rock thing got in, it's like man, it's just acrobatic now. Like right, where, like yeah, okay, everybody can play super fast. Now let's get let's now let's make it musical. Let's well, put a song in. Yeah, there. where was the song? Where, yeah, what was yeah. the point? And that that that's the thing about like I I really do love what Jacob Collier does, but his most recent first part of this next like four part album he's releasing this that the first part i got halfway through and i was exhausted i was like i can't i can't listen to this anymore i, I can barely make it through one of his videos without yeah. being exhausted yeah, i mean it's, and it's, and our drummer rough. i mean I, I mean we're big fans and like cuz he's kind of the he's the bar for this new technology and all this shit you can do by yourself yeah. and at the same time i do this as well I play a lot of left-hand bass, and I can yeah. play and sing different. And it's like, well, I know when I'm achieving this, that's when I'm like, at the at the studio, going, all right, I'm woodshedding. Yeah, I'm woodshedding. Right, yeah. You know, okay, I've achieved something that's mechanical, but musical. I mean, I mean, if I get a bunch of young kids who are like 
way into this, a bunch of young boys who... Exactly, yeah. And then, that's great. Then you've got your audience. But if I want to have a broader appeal, man, a lot of that stuff just falls flat. It does. Hey, if you know this band Steel Panther? Yeah. You know those guys? <laughs> yeah. Y'all know these guys? Steel what are Panther? you about to say? <laughs> huh? I know Steel Panther. <laughs> yeah. You know them personally? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, uh, okay, I'm going to drop a couple of names, okay? But do y'all know who Drew Carey is? Yes. Yeah. So Drew yep. Carey is a giant fan of ours. So he's invited us to do shows with him. So we go out to Vegas and do do the MGM Grand sometime, and we open for him. They do uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? They'll do like a live version of that. Yeah. So Drew Carey is the nicest human being ever. He is so caring. He truly is. And yeah. uh, so every night we're there, he wants us to have fun. It's like being in Japan. Like in Japan, your promoters never leave you alone. Like they've got to take you out every minute. Go drink, go eat, go do something every minute. Go to Tokyo Tower. Go to your Yogi Park. Go to every every Shogun Temple. I mean, you just every minute is filled with doing stuff. So we so one night uh, we were going to the Hard Rock to go see uh, Steel Panther. So we go see Steel Panther. And, and, oh my God! If life could be this way. I didn't know. Uh, well, we were Drew Carey, so we get this perfect spot. That must have been we have shocking. Our, well, there's ten of us, and we have our own waiter. We're in the front, roped off, which led to it from the back. We, we entered it from the back, so we're sitting there, and I've, I don't know. If, man, Steel Panther was great, but you were saying my, uh, Major Seventh Chord is like <laughs> they're rocking out, rocking out, rocking out. Last note of the song gets really soft. Ring. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, you know, the whole show is pretty much Satchel and that singer just bitching at each other. And <laughs> Satchel, that's the guitar player. He's calling the singer fat the whole time. Yeah. And then halfway through the show, there comes this guy, that Joey guy in NSYNC, like the least cool one. Like suddenly, <laughs> suddenly he's up there singing Steel Panther songs. And I'm going, oh my God, this is like a frat party now. And, sure, and then, like, we have a party afterwards. There's Steel Panthers there, and uh, Alexi, their bass player, who's, like, uh, like tr- doing his hair the whole time and looking at a... So, so he becomes a fan, and he actually came out to our shows and stuff. But the... So that's the, that's the name-dropping part of that. But the, thing, the point I was going to make was what was, I thought was brilliant about those guys is taking every cliche... Oh, the drummer for um, Poison was there and they fired their drummer on stage <laughs> and they, God, the guy from poison came out and played like six songs with them that's awesome oh my god he's here get, get this guy out of here but it was really great because they were actually doing some brilliant brilliant stuff i mean yeah. that actually is where you can appreciate some of that shredding yeah because he was like doing stuff and then he just could go off and just like stuff that made no sense yeah at the same time he's laughing at the genre yeah. Big okay. time, you know. They are very I mean, much satire or just leaning into the... Leaning into it as much yeah. as any... I mean, because it's already making fun of itself. Oh, yeah. You know, right. uh, when... Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video of... Uh, what's his name? Motley Clue, Tommy... What's his name? The drummer. Tommy Lee. When he yeah. got stuck no. on that... He, they did that stupid thing where he's on like a roller coaster and he's going all over the oh. stage. The thing gets stuck halfway. He's upside <laughs> down. I mean, 30 minutes. He's stuck upside down. Wow. I don't know. 
Uh, but <laughs> I just, that thing where they end with the major seventh chord just that's something you would never hear. That's why no, I was. Yeah. That's why I was saying like yeah. wow, how weird that those guys. That's like that's such the that's such the sound is because that's such I, I I think the reason that's the sound is because it's not a like it a major seventh and a minor seventh don't really carry too much weight like on their own. If mm-hmm. you end on a major seventh, then yeah, it's like, Ooh, how nice. Yeah. But if your entire song <laughs> yeah, is literally yeah. just major sevens and minor yeah. sevens back and forth, it's like, Oh, well, it doesn't really matter now. Like it's all jazz it's all, baby. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what jazz <laughs> or is. Or yep. romance music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and that those, those harmonies are at this point now so used in everything. I, I'm finding major sevens and minor sevens everywhere in pop music. I'm mm-hmm. seeing nines all the time. I, I there was a, a song that I transcribed the other day that had like a bunch of like six and flat 13s in it. And I was like, well, well, why? Can why? you hear those pretty easily? Uh, no, I have to take a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't go to school for jazz. So I have to like, they don't teach that in classical. They don't teach you. They don't teach you any. Of, they, they, it's like the last yeah. thing they talk. They talk about in classical theory is like, hey, by the way, thirteens exist. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, at least it's a good theory school. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So. Well, uh, where can people find Brave Combo and yourself? Oh, so what? It's July second. Is that when we're list? We're talking. Yes, about now? that's yeah. when Actually, this will be out. Chicago, this coming Friday. The fifth of, of July. July. Okay, we're in Chicago at a place called Fitzgerald's okay. in Berwyn. And are you from Chicago? No, you were just you just got back from Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's about to go there. Yeah, he's about New to York go, City. But when this comes out, he'll he will have been, just gotten yeah. back. <laughs> we there, oh. there weren't. We don't have to pretend I or see. anything. Yeah. But yeah, why yeah. are you going to Chicago? Uh, just for the hell of it. Oh. I'm flying out to New York City, spending like five days there, then going to Chicago for four oh. days. When, you haven't been to Chicago, right? No, I've never oh. been. So if you have any travel tips, feel free to give oh, them God. to me oh, yeah. afterwards. Uh, but yeah. Just to, just to check it out? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Okay, well, we're there on the 5th, then we're in Lincoln, Nebraska on the 6th, and then we're playing at a super cool place in Belle Plaine, Kansas, a place called the Bartlett Arboretum. And it's this incredible arboretum that's outside Wichita, and they have a concert uh, space and a really nice outdoor yeah. space. And the the girl who books it is named Robin, and she was one of the original Dixie Chicks. Ah. What? Huh. One of the original Dixie Chicks. That's cool. Very one cool. of the first four when it was those those four. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Well, and then also you. You guys have a website, so... Uh, BraveCombo.com. Yeah, yeah, you can find everything. You guys have an upcoming Denton show later in the year for... Uh, oh, man, uh, June 7th. Uh, well, earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, we had a great time at Andy's on June 7th. <laughs> I was thinking it was later Fantastic. in the summer. But. No, yeah, we, yeah, we have... Um, uh, uh, actually, on August 25th, on August 11th, we're doing a... That's the break. day before my birthday. Really? really? Then you will be? At 27. You know, when I see, if anybody's over 40, when they tell me it's their birthday, I give them my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> What's the gig? What's the gig? August 11th. Oh, August 11th. Um, LSA wants to do a Brave Combo tribute night. And so we're playing, we rarely play that place, but they want to do a Brave Combo tribute night on a Saturday, I think, August 11th. And they're going to maybe even have. They said they want to maybe have tables and chairs out in the lawn, and we're oh, that'd be, be very cool. That's awesome. Our music cool, yeah. Out. yeah. So, so you said that uh, 
anybody over 40, you give them your condolences. Yeah. So next year, uh, Brave Combo will be 41. So uh-huh. my oh, condolences. Please. Yes, thank you. That's <laughs> what I said. I, I, uh, Gotta eat I, your I own wake words. up in a cold sweat every day. <laughs> <laughs> Filled with joy. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the moment and I had to take it. But I have to say, I have to say this. This is since since you're asking me, August 25th. That's a Sunday. Yeah, we're playing dads. We're doing a benefit for. Um, okay, uh, Denton has has an organization called Span S P A N, and one of their main jobs is they're the people who take Meals on Wheels to people who are homebound or old people or yes, uh, people who can't get out. So they they deliver Meals on Wheels. There's an a side uh, organization to that called Senior Paws, P-A-W-S, the Meals on Wheels is covered through government money. The Senior Paws, that's the, that's the money that feeds the pets of the people who get oh, okay. Meals on Wheels. That's, that's nice. not covered. There's no money for that. It's all donation. So we're going to do a show at Dan's. Um, we discovered a cat through... Uh, this last year has been really intense, and we've rescued two mama cats with kittens and other cats. But these, but we found this mama cat living in the parking lot of the span lot inadvertently, not through them. We found her through a fence. There's where she's living. So we brought her to their attention. They knew about her, and we wound up helping them with her. And then we actually adopted her and one of the kittens and found homes with the other kittens. Through the process, we got to know them, and we offered to help them with get money for this program, Senior Paws. That's what's happening on uh, on August twenty fifth, and uh, it's odd. It's odd too that um, that sort of thing people think is just taken care of, but it isn't. Yeah. And through another outrageously mystical process, a person from Chewy just appeared in front of me one day. I am not kidding. And just made himself appear in front of me at a salad bar. I turned and there was this guy. Turns out he's a Chewy. And he somehow, I mentioned this to him, so now Chewy has is sponsoring this thing. That's awesome. Like the main distribution center in Dallas has wow. really gotten yeah. behind it. Now we're talking about this maybe on a national scale. It's just really grown into something through just oddball. I found a cat. I ran into a guy at a salad bar. But I really want people to come out for this. This is if there's a cause that's really worthwhile. I mean, it's this. There's no money. And where was that again? It's going to be at Dan's on Sunday in Denton. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Those sound great. Uh, You can find all that information on your website. Yep. On social media as well. But the website is all around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where can yeah. they find uh, us, Adam? People can find us at don'tfeedtheartist.com, and you can find a list of everything we talked about, including what we're listening to every week yeah. in the show notes. So, Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, I'm yeah. getting increasingly worse at uh, the sign-offs. So, uh, this was an uh, excellent music history lesson. Excellent. Today? Yeah. Man, I had a good time. Well, I've learned great, stuff, yeah. too. I appreciate I, it. I hope uh, if I'm still doing music in 40 years uh, that I am as well-versed as you in uh, whatever well. my own facet. Yeah. Probably not polka. 
But well, you never know. <laughs> and you know, I want to say True. this. You know, you mentioned uh, Rammstein, and you know that Ben Leibach, this that Serbian Ben Leibach. No, I don't. Man, they fall into the same kind of. They're kind of industrial. Well, they're very yeah. industrial. But their image, you can associate with all kinds of things. But they're actually anti-fascist. Yeah. But they have these fascist slash Nazi kind of look about them. Yeah. But they're anti that. And there's a song they do called "Life Is Life." which is a takeoff on a, a German pop band. But it's so cool. If you, Leibach, L-A-I-B-A-C-H, Life is Life, check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm, yeah. You've given me homework, so I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you're bad at sign-offs now. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Do we end with a prayer? Y'all yeah. want to end with a prayer? Uh, if you want to. I'll see you later. I, mean, not, I thought maybe one of y'all would want to. No, I no, just I'm want to listen to some polka music. <laughs> so, I wouldn't be a good one for that, but you know. So hopefully, that's the, a way to end it. Yeah, the polka we music. We can end with a barbershop quartet. I could teach you guys some parts real quick. Let's do Adam, it. <laughs> Adam's got to be the low note. Uh, yeah, man, dude, your voice sounds good. Thanks. It does. Yeah, I've been sick recently, so that's even better. Oh, it makes it better. Is yeah. there like a, a chord we could get, go out on? Uh, a major seventh for sure. <laughs> Are you able to, yeah. Really? Oh, wait, just say, let me have the guitar. Let me have the guitar. Yeah, is open up the guitar. guitar. Yeah. Man, I'll end with the C major seven. Hell yeah. Absolutely. This is, I have C major seven. You're That's the second game. person to play a guitar on, uh, on the show. On the show. How are you going to voice it? We did have somebody ask if they could bring theirs, and we said, uh. Yeah, we said, no, don't yeah, do that. Can you play the C major seven? What? Can you play the C major yeah. seven? Do you need a, you need a pick? That's a good ending. Do you want to put the nine in there or just the seven? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You got to do it into the mic. <laughs> Beautiful. <sighs> in heaven, there is no beer. No beer! That's why we drink it here. And when we're all gone, ourselves full of beer to help us when we deal with the fear in heaven there are no drugs no drugs 